Join Scotty and Hands Thursday from noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. And you can join Hands right now because he's joining us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset, get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Hands, good morning. Good morning, my friends. We are getting very close to some actual football. And <laughs> we really need it. And we're coming up with – but the, actually, this is where PK shines because he's very good at coming up with topics. His question of the day today is a good one. What are the local fan bases dreaming about? I said Aggies and Utes are dreaming of conference titles because the Utes don't have a Pac-12 title and the Aggies don't have a Mountain West title. And he said, no, it's a dream. you got to upgrade it. Playoffs for the Utes. New Year's Six for the Aggies. And that leaves the question, what should BYU be dreaming about? You played for the Cougars. You talked to Cougars. What are Cougars dreaming about? <laughs> I think the Cougars are dreaming about a New Year's Six, too. That's would be their ultimate goal. And I know that that's an extremely lofty goal. Um, and it's gonna, it would be extremely hard to get there. But I think with ESPN's help in an 11-1 or a 12-0, probably going to take a 12 and 0 to get there you won't get into the 14 playoff but they got to be dreaming of the same thing like uh, you know being able to run 4 and 0 out of the gates and trying to get some national interest you guys remember last time they started strong and Taysom was getting blown up and Trevor Trevor Maddich was on ESPN every other day and and they started to get the hype and then it all came crumbling down but that's got to be their dream too be a New Year's Day. So, Hans, I'm an idiot. The other day, I go to get gas at Costco, put my wallet on the car roof, and then drive off. And <laughs> don't get, but maybe 500 yards away and realize I left my wallet on the roof. Circle back, go to Costco, meet with, they always have uh, someone working there, call him over. He says, okay, and we'll search for it. Spent two hours looking for it and never found it. Never found it. <sighs> what a pain in the butt that is. So now I've got to go through the process of go get a license, credit cards, blah, blah, blah. So I go to the bank yesterday, and I got to get some a debit card and all that stuff. And so says calls up my history and blah, 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 and sees a. I just got my uh, expenses reimbursed from uh, last month down in California, and it says on there yeah. for the Jazz. I said, oh, you work for the Jazz? I said, yeah. No, oh, what do you do? I said, well, I'm in radio. And she says to me, oh, do you know Hans? <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and did you say apparently you don't? <laughs> well, I— I <laughs> I had no clue what you're saying because I don't I, I didn't know people mispronounce your name and say Hans as no, if it's it was, a little bit of a shtick as if it was an O not an A and then when she said Olson and I said Oh yeah that big old oaf I know him yeah absolutely <laughs> so somebody out there still calling you Hans yeah I know it still happens really confused me always, there you, for a you, you do know who knows me and who doesn't. When they when they say it the wrong way, yeah, and I think it was uh, uh, a uh, she's an impending spouse of an of an employee who apparently had met you 
So, oh, okay. Yeah, nevertheless. So, big old Hans. So, I said, yes. I were, were you able to get your debit card and everything okay? I got, I got a card, yes. Yeah, so, at least uh, at least I got some access to cash. And now I got to go get the driver's license and all that spiel. And, and the credit cards are in the mail. But now, don't put stuff on the roof because then if you drive off, you might lose it. And like me, I I lost it. And uh, that that's very frustrating. But... Uh, Nevertheless, you know they teach they teach you more than just football here on the DJ PK show. Yeah. There you go, life life lessons. <laughs> so as I'm looking at these football teams and wondering, you know, what is the goal? What is the dream? Uh, we'll start with BYU. I made an assertion. See if you agree with this. That this is Kalani's best team that he's had since he's been here. And what I mean by that, you know, that first year. It really wasn't his team. You and any coach comes over your first year, you are going to inherit the bulk of the players are going to be from the prior regime. But then you get moving on into your fourth year, and you're going to get the bulk of the players going to be your team. And so he has his guys, not all of them, because some of them are still probably out on missions and whatnot, but I think the bulk of the roster is going to be his guys. So he's able to recruit to the manner that he likes. And you've known this man for many, many years. What would you describe as far as what is a Kalani Sataki guy when he goes out and recruits? Because you, we've been next to Chris Peterson, and we've heard him say for several years now, they need to recruit their kinds of guys. And I know you recognize that because he says it over and over again. So how would you describe Kalani's type of guys on a football team? Well, I think loyalty really sticks out. You, you want a guy that is not ever going to be thinking transfer, that's going to be thinking, I'll work for him, he'll work for me. I know he's got my back, I've got his back. I, I know loyalty would be a huge thing. Discipline would be another big thing. Um, I think that Kalani has had a little bit of a learning curve on what his type of guy is having to deal with BYU's restrictions. Because as loving as you know Kalani to be and, and as good-hearted as you know Kalani to be, I want people to understand that when the doors are shut and the game is about to break and all the pressure has mounted, Kalani in his heart, Kalani is a deep-rooted warrior. Like, I'm talking anger, um, rage, all those kinds of things inside of a competition. He wants dogs. He wants dudes that will go out and do everything within their ability to get a win. And, you know, sometimes that type of individual just doesn't fit the, the recruiting pattern any longer at BYU. And and so he's probably had to restrict himself in certain areas of bringing in, you know, certain mentalities. Because a lot of times those mentalities come with maybe less focus on academics, less focus on a clean personal life, and a little bit more edgy in living. And, and I, I know in today's world on air we can't really – draw conclusions like that but i will tell you that some of the nastiest dudes i've come across on a football field were some of the nastiest dudes in their personal life and 
uh, it's it's really hard to find that balance, and I'm sure it's been hard for Connie to find that balance because he wants the dogs, he wants the nasty. In his heart, he is that kind of competitor. Now he's got the ability to be fantastic in his personal life, but be a dog on a football field, and that's really hard to find. So, PK, I think his delivery and the guys that he are that he's been that he is now currently looking for, I think it's ever evolving at BYU. Um, and I think that initially some of the guys that he went after didn't fit the BYU mold. And he's had to learn that, okay, I want this kind of guy, but he still has to fit this kind of mold. And I'm sure that that's been frustrating at times for him. So this is, as PK says, year four, and, you know, it, it takes a while with missions and red shirts and that. What about this team do you think is spot on and Kalani's got it where he wants? And what is still definitely a work in progress? And, you know, honestly, probably a weak spot as they go into this season. I think this offensive line is spot on, and I and I think that he's got depth for the next three, four years. I, I think that they've recruited some great offensive linemen, and I think that Mike Impey left a nice full covered cupboard, and I think that Pew left a nice cupboard for Mateos. And this isn't just a flash in the pan, one year offensive line solidified. It's probably two, three, maybe even four years where this offensive line is going to be in good hands. At least that's how it currently looks. And I know that Jeff Grimes is is going to continue to to direct that. Um, I think that he really loves the direction of that. And, and DJ, I'll tell you that when Kalani came in and some of my first conversations with Kalani and Ty Detmer and Mike Impey and really anybody that was a part of that staff – in discussion was we have to get back to the old good old fashioned big boy offensive line play. And I was talking to Scotty on air about this. I was just talking about my time at BYU and all the guys that I saw go in the draft and all the offensive linemen that I saw land with teams. Um, Guys that people would remember uh, maybe a guy like Eric Bateman or a guy like John Tate and guys that people probably wouldn't remember, guys like Larry Moore, who was the center on that 96 team that played with the Colts and, and the league for six or seven years. That was the type of offensive lineman that Kalani grew up around. It was the type of offensive lineman that Ty Detmer played behind. It was the type of offensive lineman that Mike Impey was. And they came in and said, okay, we got to level this whole structure. Everything that's been brought in with this run and shoot and this and this high pace offense and these skinny offensive linemen and this undersized nature and and we got to go out and we got to recruit dudes and they did and and they, I think they've nailed it and I think they're finally going to get back to kind of draftable ways and, and I know it's been one of my biggest points of emphasis how long it's been since the BYU offensive lineman's been drafted but 17 years is way too long to go at BYU without a drafted offensive lineman. So they've got it dialed in. I think that they're absolutely headed in the right direction there. thing that they've got to change and fix, got to be the defensive ends. Has to be. Um, I, I, have, I, I, like, I like these guys. And, you know, even when you move Sione Takitaki and you had to put him at end, I thought, 
there were times where he did things well, but he could still get crushed and moved off the edge and eventually had to go back to his original figure, which is linebacker. Um, they have to improve their recruiting and their talent pool at the defensive end. Devin Kafusi is coming around, but and Trajan Peely is, and I think, and this is in Kalani's words, uh, he no, sorry, this is in Elisa Tuiaki's words, the defensive coordinator. Trajan Peely is a serviceable defensive end. They've got to find the Hunter Dimmicks. You got to remember Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator at, at BYU. He coached Hunter Dimmick and Nate Orchard at BYU. Kalani Sataki, he he brought in the Paul Krugers and the Dave Krugers and and the Koamisis and the and all those great defensive ends that were rushing for, for the University of Utah. He brought those guys in. He's gotta find a way to get those guys rushing off the edge at BYU. But I think right there is two of your biggest points. All right, so you say the offensive line, it's on its way, and you see some promise. So with that in mind, what are we expecting as far as the ground game? Should be good, PK. You know, in fact, I'm, I'm sitting here. Um, I'm doing some film review for the website uh, that I'll be releasing a little bit later today. And I've gone through the first two offensive series for, for the BYU-Utah 2018 game. And there's not much that's going to change. And I've been tweeting a little bit about this. I'm even looking at first rotators. So on the defensive side, Utah started Maxis Tuapai, Lucky Foto, John Penicini, and Bradley and I. Um, that's going to largely be intact. That's probably the starting four that you'll see. Maybe Mika Tafu and Seta Tupai, but very much that will be the four guys that will be on the field. And then your first rotators – were to were Tafua, Tonga, and Pututau. So Tonga and Pututau, obviously back. Tafua is going to be a, a, a huge piece of what they do this year. So everything they did up front is going to be, personnel-wise, is going to be the same. BYU side of things, I'm watching this currently. You've got Hodge, Empey, Longson, and Christensen starting. The only guy that you're going to miss, even in the first two rotators, is Austin Hoyt. Your rotators are still going to be uh, Salipaga, and you may mix in a new one in Herring. But outside of that, this is it's all the same, PK. Now, what they're doing is they're adding a, a, a much more serviceable experience back. BYU took Matt Hadley, and they're like, well, I know you play defense, but Lapini Katoa is injured. We're going to have to have you run the ball. They, they didn't have any other options. And so I'm watching plays where Matt Hadley, they're running a zone play and allowing Bradley and I free off the backside. And in a zone run, as a running back, you don't have time to stall at the give. You have to fire downhill and hit the gap. And I watch Matt Hadley stall, and Bradley and I get to tackle for a loss in that first series. But then I watch this offensive line, and I'm actually watching a play that's right here with about nine minutes to go. BYU got that fumble uh, that muffed punt back from Utah. And Matt Hadley gets the ball. They pull Brady Christensen, and he follows the pull extremely well, and he goes for a, about a 15-yard run to get them on, like, the seven-yard line where you finally throw it in for your first touchdown to Neil Powell. So, PK, I'm actually watching what's going to happen here up front. I'm actually watching what's going to happen here in the run game. BYU should be able to run the ball 
against this Utah front. They should. Even as, as great as this Utah front is, I'm looking at the exact same front versus the exact same front that BYU has with an inexperienced running back, and they're running the ball in the first three quarters of this game. So now, big- everything slows down because of fatigue, exhaustion, lack of depth, lack of running back because Hadley got hurt. Like, everything slowed down. But, PK, I'm looking at a, at a BYU team that should be able to run the ball. And, and a Utah defense that's probably going to have to make some concessions. They're, they're probably going to have to start slamming the gaps. And they're going to have to play a little bit of two-gap using their defensive linemen to control offensive linemen and trying to let Francis Bernard and Devin Lloyd do their thing. So, yeah, I, I love the question, and I, I think that there is running capability here. So you got BYU winning the game then? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. It was a conclusion no, I, that should I, I not don't. have been drawn. You need to apologize. I don't think I do. He laughed. He laughed pretty hard. So I don't think I do need to apologize. I think the question is: Will Utah be the second Utah sports team at the university to play Clemson and Alabama this year? Because Utah women's soccer opens. This is courtesy of Kurt Craigthorpe. Opens at Clemson and at Alabama. And I told Kyle, well, I expect the football team to be doing the same, also playing those two teams. And even better, they'll play them both on neutral sites. What did Kyle say? After I picked myself up off the ground? <laughs> <laughs> After you cleaned the dirt up off your, off your back, what, what did Kyle say? <laughs> he kind of looked at yeah, that's me. Not, that's, that's really lofty, isn't it, PK? But at the same time, it, 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 it's as likely this year as – this is that, that scenario this year would be more likely than what I saw in 2008. Like, I, I could predict what you just said better than I could have in 2008. And, and a lot of that is based off of roster, but the majority of that is based off of schedule and placement. I, I, you know, outside of that Washington game, that Washington game could be the showdown. You know, they, they've, got to, they've got to open up the gates early with BYU because BYU is chomping at the bit, and, and this is not, they're not going to just go away. Like, Utah's going to have to fight tooth and nail. But then you've got a couple of recovery games. But I'm saying that that's not as lofty as if, if you were to come to me in 2008 and say, hey, I think that they're going to go undefeated. I would believe that this team could get to the, the 14 playoff better than I could have believed that 2008 team was going to go undefeated and beat Alabama. I can buy that. All right, on that note, on that solid point, we will let you go. Hans, not Hans, Hans. <laughs> I'm glad you're not some banker that PK had a happenstance with and called me Hans. I and, appreciate and that. How do you like living in our community and they find my wallet and they still haven't returned it and it doesn't look like you're going to return it? Take the 50 bucks that was in there, but at least cough up the wallet. I want to know what Costco, what what area was this in? I think, was Lloyd Cole anywhere close <laughs> to where that was? <laughs> I don't know. It was on a Sunday. It's the one closer to downtown because it was on, as DJ will tell you, I was on my way to Channel 2, so I was in a total panic. He, he texts me because I'm usually there on time. I'm like 15 minutes late, yeah. and then the red dot comes on, and I'm supposed to smile and be all cheerful, <laughs> and then the red dot goes off, and I'm I got to go, and I spent another two hours down there, literally two hours, oh. with the help of my neighbors who came down to help me to look in everywhere. 
We fi- we stayed oh. until after the place closed to the point where my neighbor, the 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 uh, security comes by and in a car says, "Cause can I help you? Because she's looking in the trash." <laughs> <laughs> and then we had to tell him why we were there because it was like eight thirty at night and it was starting to get dark. But no luck. Yeah, Somebody was, ripped was me off. Any, was there any cash in there? Yeah, probably about uh, maybe maybe four fifty bucks tops. That's painful. I know, but it's more than that's asking painful. all the other crap. So that's, that's a headache, man. So there you go, man. I can't let you charge a big screen TV on my credit card because I currently don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> you watch Lloyd's gonna show up with $45 cash and he's gonna have a new TV in his house oh, yeah. it's gonna happen I knew it not to trust that guy <laughs> alright hands. we'll hear you today at noon thanks a lot alright yeah you bet talk to you later